Good evening. Welcome to the Shadow Demon's OTR Horror Podcast. <laughs> the Carter Coal Company and the dealers of Olga Cole present The Mummers in the Little Theater of the Air. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are well through the first month of a new year. Next thing you know, the winter will be over and you'll be thinking about a supply of that good Olga coal for next winter. But first, let's face today. There's still a lot of cold weather ahead, so go easy on the Olga, folks, and make it last as long as possible. If your dealer can't deliver it and has to give you some other kind, don't get discouraged. I want you to remember that coal with the name spelled O-L-G-A. Your friend, the Olga coal dealer, will do his best for you... And so will the hermit if we give him a chance to start, so here he is. The story of the professor's elixir. (laughs) Then listen while the hermit tells you the story. Cut out all the folder, up, Professor Tondo. I'm fed up with coming over here every night watching you peer into that red globe of yours or saying a lot of stuff over your steaming kettle. Mrs. Harold, please. You are interrupting a very important part of my experiment. Ah, stuff and nonsense. I want results. You'll have them, I assure you. Patience, my dear lady. Patience. Oh, what do you mean, patience? Didn't I pay you $500 three weeks ago in advance? Haven't I been sitting here night after night waiting for you to do something you promised you'd take care of weeks ago? I'm beginning to think you're nothing but a faker. Just an ordinary faker. What are you going to do now? What am I going to do now? My dear lady, I am about to perform the last step in the cycle. (laughs) Well, it better be good, or else you'll get no $3,000 from me. Ah, it is boiling. Into this kettle of boiling water. I dropped this white powder. A white powder made in a formula understood by no one but me. Hmm. Ah, it explodes in the boiling water. Now, see? It sends forth a strange, sweet odor. We are surrounded by blue flames. Some of them reaching out as if to touch us, to lick our hands, our faces. Say, what is all this? This, What is it? Mrs. Harold, is the last step, as I told you. This is the kettle that contains the elixir of death. Oh, yeah? The elixir of death. Yes. 
And though the blue flames reach out as if to touch you, they are in reality bearing for Justin Harrell, your husband, whose life at this instant is counted in minutes. <laughs> His life on this earth is almost over. Oh, you better be right, Tondo. You better be, I say. I... I've had enough of this stuff. My nerves are so edgy I could scream. I want it over and done with. I told you, my dear woman, that such miracles as mine cannot be performed in an hour, a day, or a week. You wished your husband to be banished from this earth. I am about to accomplish it. Now I stir the elixir to hasten the procedure. Now, come closer, Mrs. Harrell. If you look into the blue flame, perhaps uh, you will be able to see what I see. Oh, nothing doing. You don't get me any closer to that boiling stuff. As I look closer, I can see Justin Harrell. Yes, I see him. He is seated at a table. He is uh, surrounded by books. Yeah, he's in a library. And on the table at which you see him, there are cards and a small board. Yeah, I know. Someone is seated across the table from him. Sure, it's Gail Baxter, his friend. When I left the house, they were playing cribbage. That's it, playing cribbage. That's it. There is a pained expression on your husband's face. He doesn't seem to feel well. Well, go on. I must stir the kettle again. There. Now I can see clearly each step. Very true. Your husband is not himself. And just now, he is putting his hand to his heart. He is trying to hide his distress from his friend. He doesn't wish him to know that he is suffering. He puts his hand through his white hair. He straightens up in his chair. He's trying to throw off the spell that I'm putting on him. Hurry up, will you? Now he's resumed playing the game of cribbage. Now, watch closely now. We will follow each step as the elixir does. Well, what have you got, J.H.? Uh, let's see. 15-2. Double run of 8 is 10. 15 two, 15 four, 15 6. And 6 eights are 12. Well, now, let me see. 15 two, four, six, eight, and a double run of 8 is 16. Oh. J.H., what's wrong? Uh, what do you mean? You can't hide anything from me. I know you from way back. When you're not feeling well, you're not able to disguise it. I'm all right, Gail. Uh, no such thing. Want to go on playing? Of course. J.H., uh, where did Linda go tonight? I never know where Linda goes. Not anymore. Well, I'm going to ask you a very personal question. Now, you don't have to answer it if you don't want to, but after all, we've been friends for a good many years. Ask anything you wish. Are you still in love with Linda? Are you? Well, I... Well, I... It's not easy for me to answer that question, even to an old friend. 
Well, what's gone wrong now? What's holding it up? You said you were going to stir that stuff and hurry things up. If you don't get it over with soon, I'll walk out of here. You'll never get the 3,000 bucks. Your husband's friend is delaying my work. What do you mean? He seems to be holding him to earth. How can he if you're as wonderful as you say you are? That will do, Mrs. Harold. I am Professor Condo, holder of the formula of the elixir of death. I do not take insults from anyone like you. Well, make that elixir of yours work. Never fear. It shall. As long as the blue flames rise, the end is near for the one under my spell. It will work. Only now, your husband's playing partner interferes. Oh, if I'd been smart, I'd have had you put Gail Baxter out of the way, too. Snoopy old fossil. It seems... And he is asking your husband questions. What questions? I do not know. Well, if you can see them, why can't you hear them? I cannot explain. I do not hear conversation. <laughs> ah, there. Just taking a change now. Justin Harold reaches out to put the little peg in the little board. But he cannot reach it. He draws his hand back. Yes. The attack is coming on. It is coming on. Blue flames are surrounding him. I see. J.H. J.H., what is it? Justin. Oh. Oh. I'm going to call a doctor. Your face is as blue as a lake. Wait. It's too late. I know it. Get over on the couch, Justin. Here, now let me help you. That's it. No easy point. There we are. All right. Get your legs up. There. Now, where do you have pain? I can't say. Your hands are hot like burning coals. What can I get for you? Nothing. I know there is nothing. Gail. Yes, J.H.? You asked me... You asked me a little while ago if I still love Linda... In a way, I do. She is beautiful. She is young. I married her. I thought I could lift her up. Oh, oh. Oh, it's like heavy fumes are choking me. No, no, don't try to talk. I must. Gail, recently, I have been afraid of Linda. Afraid of her? Yes, very afraid. A strange light in her eyes. Strange actions. The way she has stared at me... Her long absences. Gail, if anything happens to me... Well, nothing's going to happen to you. Listen, I have never changed my will, for I still love Linda, in a way. But if anything happens to me, I want you to see that there is an investigation. What sort of investigation, J.H.? Oh, oh. Have my body analyzed. Find out if I have been... Oh. Find out if I have been... Poisoned. Justin. Justin. Great Scott, he's unconscious. J.H., I'm going to call a doctor. Well? Hmm. Answer me, Professor Tondo. What is it? Before I answer you, my dear lady, I will have the remainder of my pay as agreed to in our bargain. What are you talking about? You know very well I haven't that much money with me. If I took that much money out of the account all at once, I'd have to explain to J.H. I must have the rest of my money. You'll get it. Give me time. 
you'll tell me what's happened, I can tell you better when I can pay you. Very well. I can report to you that Justin Harold is no more. <gasps> he is no longer a resident of this earth. Well, that frightens you, eh? Frightens you to learn that what you wish to accomplish has been carried out? Stop it. How about my money now? As soon as everything's over, I'll be over here to pay you. Very well, Mrs. Harold. See to it that you complete your bargain. For if you do not, I assure you the punishment you will receive for your failure to do so will be most tragic. <laughs> most tragic. You're my lawyer. What you standing around your two wobbly legs staring at me for? Get me out of here. Prado, you hear me? Get me out of here before I smash this who's got a smithereens. They can't hold me. You know I didn't poison J.H. What do they think I am, a numbskull? Take it easy. Take it easy. Take it easy. Take it easy. That's all you've been saying for the last hour. Get me out of here. Get me out of here. Where were you when I needed you? I phoned. I couldn't find you. So what happens? They make me come along like a nice little girl for investigation. For questioning. Investigation. Questioning. For what? You know I didn't poison him. Now get me out of here. If you'll calm down long enough to allow me to talk, I'll explain. We're arranging for bail right now. Oh, why didn't you tell me? I've been so mortified in all my life. Do you realize that all the time I was in the limelight, I never had one bad piece of publicity? Now you let me get into this. This terrible mess. Linda, you know that your husband asked Gail Baxter to have an investigation. That he expressed a fear that maybe he'd been poisoned. Ah, stuff and nonsense. I don't believe a word of it. It's something that old fossil Baxter cooked up. He's always hated me, been jealous of me. And believe me, I'm going to tell the reporters that. You aren't going to say anything I tell you not to say. Oh, is that so, Mr. Jacobs? Well, let me tell you that for letting me rot in here for hours, I'm very liable to find myself another attorney. Is that so, Mrs. Harrell? Then let me gently suggest to you that there are times when I'm a little bit worried about you. What do you mean? There are times when I'm not so sure you've been leading such a noble life. As a matter of fact, I'm a trifle worried over the report that's going to come back from the state library. <laughs> that's going to be one on you. A big laugh on you. For I know. What do you know? I know they'll never find any poison. Never. They'll never find out what killed Justin Harold. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rush Wilder, your late evening commentator. Well, first the investigation into the mysterious death of the fabulously wealthy Justin Harold of this city has been closed. And his beautiful blonde wife, Linda Harold, former nightclub entertainer, has been absolved from having anything to do with his death. No poison was found in the dead body of Justin Harrell. As a matter of fact, his sudden death still remains a dark mystery. For though it's been explained that it no doubt was from natural causes, there is still the baffling question of why his face and hands were such a startlingly blue color at the time of his death. Gail Baxter, close friend and crony of the late Mr. Harold, who was with him on the night of his death, has also been released from all questioning. So tonight, the beautiful blonde Linda is a wealthy widow and a free woman. And now for more local news of interest. It seems that... Hmm. So you are a free woman, Mrs. Harrell. Free to come and pay me what you owe me. The balance of $3,000. And perhaps even more later on. If 
you do not search me out tonight, if you do not knock on my door, well then, there are the tragic consequences. Oh, yes. The tragic consequences. the death of her husband is now a free woman. <laughs> yes. Will she pay her debt to Professor Tondo? Eh? Will she search him out and settle her bargain? Or will tragic consequences fall her lot? The hermit will tell you before the night is done. <laughs> You don't want any tragic consequences to fall your lot, and one way to avoid them in heating your home is to prevent heat wastage in every possible way. I have some more suggestions on how to get the most heat out of that good Olga coal and keep down to a minimum the amount of heat escaping outdoors. For one thing, you may have noticed cold drafts coming in around window and door frames. Well, that can be prevented by caulking the cracks outdoors with a caulking gun that you can rent from a hardware store or borrow from a neighbor. You can also save heat by repairing insulation on the heating pipes in the basement if it gets damaged. That will prevent heat loss down there. An insulating jacket on your hot water boiler can also save heat, and it saves fuel to drain off any accumulated sludge at frequent intervals by drawing off a bucket of water through the tap at the bottom of the tank. Clean water heats with less fuel. Another simple but effective precaution is to avoid leaky hot water taps by replacing the faucet washers often. Incidentally, you can save fuel by using hot water sparingly, and any unused room that you can close off can save about a ton of coal a season. Just shut off the register or radiator if you have warm air or steam heat, but be sure to drain the radiator if you have hot water heat. But let's save the hermit any further waiting now and let him go on with his story. <laughs> it is two nights later, and as we resume our story, we hear the buzzer ring. Someone stands outside the door of the spacious penthouse occupied by Linda Harrow. Someone dressed in a dark coat. Someone whose face is half hidden by the dark hat he wears. He waits a few seconds. He presses the buzzer again. Listen! <laughs> Chain from the door, Mrs. Harold. I don't want to see you. But when I'm ready, when everything's settled, I'll find you. Let me in now. Get away from my door. Don't you know it's dangerous to come here? They may still be watching me. Don't you know, Mrs. Harold, it is dangerous for you to keep putting me off? Have you forgotten my... my elixir? Get away. It will work on others as well as your husband. No one who comes under my power. Oh, I don't believe all that stuff. You're oh. just a fake. My husband died from natural causes. So you don't believe, eh? I will go home to my laboratory and prove it to you. Good night, Mrs. Heather. Now, wait. Come on in. All right. Take a chair. I presume you have invited me in because you are going to pay me the remainder of the money coming to me. Ah, oh, listen. Can't you understand English? 
I told you I'd pay you as soon as I had it, and that's that. Don't tell me, Mrs. Harold, that you haven't a paltry $2,500 with which to pay off your justice. I haven't got anything until the estate is settled. Can't you savvy? Is it possible that such a wealthy woman as you have no access to borrowing? Where am I going to borrow it this time of night? Mm. Leave me alone, can't you? I'll take care of you when I get ready. I don't like being put off. When I'm dealing with those in the hire of the devil, I like to watch them very closely. Say, what do you mean? How dare you say a thing like that to me? Mm. It's you who belong to the devil. Mm. It's you who talked me into, into getting Justin ill so that he'd die. Uh, dear lady. My hands are clean, I tell you. No spot of blood. No damned spot. Huh? I don't know what you mean. If the world If the world knew, knew you'd be the one who'd be in the spot. Yes. And when I explained about you, your part. Oh, who'd believe a faker? Hey, what goes on? I don't follow you. Don't you smell it? Same odor that was in your place when you poured the powder into the kettle. Uh, yes, it's strange. I I believe you're right. Oh, you brought it in here with your clothes. Now get out of here. Didn't you hear? The paper spoke about the strange odor that was in the room of the house when J.H. died. If they should come here and smell it again, they'd start investigating. It's quite possible. No, quite impossible. And yet, I'm, I'm not mistaken... Room is bathed in a blue light. <laughs> Look, over in the corner, the blue flames, blue flames creeping along the wall. <clears throat> do you see them? I, I oh, see. Do it. something about them. Step them out. Nothing like this has ever happened before. They're creeping all around the walls. Oh. They're coming closer. Stop them! Look closer. Look into the heart of the blue flames, Linda. Justin, you look. Professor Tondo, you can see me as clearly as when you watched me in your laboratory, oh. as you watched when I died. Look, the blue flames are on my hands, and I'm coming closer, nearer to those who plotted my death. Justin, it's his voice. I'm coming nearer. Stop him. Get him away from here. Professor Tondo, use your powers. You can trap the flames. Professor Tondo has no power over those out of his power. I am one out of his power who has returned to have my revenge. There is no escape from the blue flames. The blue flames that surround me and will not die. Enter now into the realm of the blue flame from the elixir of death. <laughs> There is no more help for you than there was for me. Tando is gone. And now, Linda, there is you. Only a few seconds left. I am powerless to save you, for I am the blue flame burning until you and Professor Tondo are both banished from Earth. Only then can I rest in peace. Only then will the flame be quenched. Don't touch me!
commentators. A sequel and final tragic chapter was written last night to the death of Justin Harrow. For now there are three deaths. One, an unknown man upon whose body there was no identification, and the widow, beautiful blonde Linda Harold. The unidentified man and Mrs. Harold were found in Mrs. Harold's penthouse apartment, both dead. Both bodies the same startling shade of blue as was the body of Justin Harold when he died. It was as if the golden hair of Linda Harold had been washed in blue and then burned by flame. The eyes of the unidentified man and the eyes of Linda Harold were open wide, as if each had beheld a strange and horrible horror, and the room was filled with a weird, sickening odor, the odor of a thousand deaths. And so the mystery grows and remains unsolved. who enter into his cave. It will always remain a mystery. But those who heard me tell the story know that Professor Tondo and Linda Harold died from the elixir. The professor compounded himself for others. An elixir that devoured those who used it. An elixir of Satan's laboratory. Yes. Turn on your lights. Turn them on. <laughs> You have just listened to the 404th story by The Hermit, made possible through the courtesy of the Carter Coal Company, producer of Olga Coal, and your friend, the Olga Coal dealer. That word friend is full of meaning for you these days. The dictionary defines it as one who entertains for another such sentiments of esteem, respect, and affection that he seeks his society and welfare. Isn't that just about a perfect definition of the man who looks after your coal needs? I don't really have to tell you that you can trust your Olga dealer to look out for your interests. You know he appreciates your patronage and wants to keep you on his side. Sure, I know, nowadays he can't always give you as much coal as you'd like as promptly as you'd like it. He can't always even give you the kind of coal you'd like or the size you'd prefer. But you can count on him to do his best. In these war days, that's all anyone can do, so don't shop around for coal. That does no good, just causes a lot of confusion. And above all, don't get panicky about deliveries. After all, these shortages are never as bad as you think they'll be. You're still eating and wearing shoes and clothing, aren't you, in spite of what you've heard? Well, the chances are you'll not freeze either. And remember the reason for all the shortages. What you don't get is going to help those boys of yours and ours at the fighting fronts. By saving every bit of coal you can, you're doing your part on the home front. And remember, when you do order coal, ask for Olga Coal, spelled O-L-G-A by name. Olga Coal is a good buy because of its smokeless, dustless, economical qualities, so keep on asking for it. And keep on buying more stamps and bonds till it hurts the enemy so badly, he'll throw up his hands and surrender. Buying more stamps and bonds is one way that everyone can help win the war regardless of age, health, means, or occupation. Every penny you citizens of the United States and Canada put into war stamps and bonds weighs the balance that much further in our favor against the Japs and Nazis. Buy, buy, buy war stamps and bonds and don't stop until the enemy gives up.
has more stories for you. Listen in again next week for my hounds howling. <laughs> I'll tell you the story of Mysterious Return. I'll be back. Pleasant dreams. <laughs> All characters, places, and occurrences mentioned in the Hermit's Cave are fictitious, and similarity to persons, places, or occurrences is purely accidental. Jack Lelman speaking. Thanks for listening. <laughs>